You're listening to the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I'm your host, Arden Cartret. This space is meant to be a tool for you to feel less alone and to learn more about how to get through what you've been through and what you're probably going through. We'll hear diverse stories from women and men in the online space, experts, and people just like you and me who are feeling the effects of miscarriage and loss in real time. This is the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. Hey everyone, happy Monday. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Miscarriage Doula Podcast. I am your host, Arden Cartret. Today, I'm going to play my conversation with Alexis, who is a fellow lost mom. She shares her journey through miscarriage, an early first trimester loss that is quote-unquote referred to as, um, well, I guess the quotes should be around chemical, not the quote-unquote, but you understand what I'm saying. Um, I always like to have the conversation whenever a chemical pregnancy is mentioned in an episode because here at the Miscarriage Doula, we view chemical pregnancies as first trimester miscarriages. That's what they are. It just, it's a unique grief and I think that's the part that really should stand out instead of the term chemical because learning that you're pregnant and miscarrying in such a short span of time, it mixes the happy and sad emotions because you don't have time to cope with the good news and then you also don't have time to cope with what's happening to you and your miscarriage and what is going on. It's extremely confusing and while I professionally um, have experience dealing with the grief side of a chemical pregnancy, I personally don't but I have all of the empathy because I just cannot imagine the difficulty in the I'm pregnant, yay, and then I'm bleeding or my test is fading and what that looks like. So please know that when we say the term chemical pregnancy, in any episode here on the podcast, or if you hear it from anybody, it is a first trimester miscarriage, and I'm just here to validate that. Before I play the episode, I also want to put a trigger warning. In this episode, you will hear um, our guest share that she's pregnant after her miscarriage, and I think that it's a really special part of the episode because you can hear the emotion, the fear, the excitement in her voice as she shares it. But I, um, I do want to put a trigger warning because it is such a raw announcement in the episode that I feel it can be triggering to people. And we, then we talk about pregnancy after loss. So the first half of this episode, we cover her miscarriage journey. The second half, we talk about pregnancy after loss and the reality of hoping not to experience loss again, but also having a plan for if you experience loss with that pregnancy. It's a very difficult, it's as confusing as finding out you're pregnant and miscarrying at the same time. So, um, yeah, I wanted to give a heads up in case anybody is not in a place to hear about pregnancy after loss. The second half of this episode does cover it. And I will let you guys listen to the episode. Here's my conversation with Alexis. Um, so we had been trying for, since September of 2019, so like a year and a half, um, and I never gotten a positive pregnancy test. I have really long cycles, so it's kind of hard to like pin down when to test, but I like track my fertility and all of that. So I feel like I'm pretty confident in tracking that. Um, so I tested 
last cycle, I tested five days before my period was due because I found, I found that it's easier to get a bunch of negatives leading up to my period so that I don't like get caught off guard. Um, so I've seen a, what I'm saying is I've seen a ton of negative tests. So I know what a negative right. was. Um, so I tested like four or five days before my period was due. And there was like a teeny tiny itsy bitsy little faint line. And I was like, is that there? Like, that's not there. That can't be real. Um, so I texted my friend. She was like, yeah, I see what you're saying. But like, I don't know, test again tomorrow, which like, duh, I was going to anyways. Um, so I tested again the next day and it was pretty much the same story. Like if you've looked at a billion pregnancy tests, you could see it, but my husband couldn't really see it without like squinting and holding it up straight to his eyes. Um, so that went on. So three days of that. And then I got what I thought was a little bit of a darker line, but at that point I knew I was like, this can't, this can't be good. Like you don't have four days of insanely faint lines. Um, without anything happening. So I tested again the next day. That was the day that my period was due. I tested again the next day and it was like definite stark negative. So yeah, I knew it wasn't good to have like four days of faint lines and have them not get darker because I'm in enough fertility groups that I know that tests are supposed to get darker, if not every day, every other day at least. And these were just like not getting any darker. So I took a test on the day that my period was due and it was stark white again and then I started bleeding um and it was so much worse than any other period that I had had I partially because I think it was worse emotionally so the emotional aspect made the physical aspect worse but I was just so much crampier than normal and I don't know I just felt like I got hit by a truck <laughs> um and so it was kind of too late to like get my HCG tested or anything I knew that like wasn't any point in doing that because it would just be blood draws and wouldn't really tell me anything. Um, but I called a birth center and I was like, Hey, I think this happened. Um, kind of just told them what I just told you. And the receptionist, this really pissed me off. She was like, well, if you got a positive, congratulations, you're pregnant. This is how you schedule your first prenatal. And I was like, no, that's not what I'm telling you. But then I just started crying. So I just hung up. Um, so that was honestly like, not the worst part, but I just like couldn't stop crying all day because of that. Like that was just so incredibly insensitive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think not that that was the worst part, but I think that like pissed me off the most about the whole situation was how uninformed this, and like it was a birth center. She should be pretty informed of like how this all happens. Um, but like how uninformed she was really made me mad. <laughs> it's never fun, but they can make it a little bit easier by, yeah. I don't know, being more sensitive or just listening to you whenever you're saying, I had a positive test, and now I don't. Yeah, so exactly. If she would have been a little more sympathetic instead of just saying, like, congratulations, you're pregnant. I think that would have been a million times better. Yeah. And what was what was the next step? Did you get in for an appointment with the birth center, and how did that go? So... No, <laughs> I kind of decided that I don't ever really want to go back there again. Um, so I made an appointment because I was planning on delivering with them if like the pregnancy would have continued. Um, so I ended up calling a different midwife at the delivers at a hospital, um, but she has a really good practice. I really like her practice. So I scheduled an appointment with her to start like the fertility testing process. And she was really validating um, 
she was like, wow, that really sucks. I'm sorry you went through that. Like, that's really common, that, but that doesn't mean it hurts less. Um, right. So I kind of just decided not to go back to the birth center. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally get that. Um, with my first pregnancy, I was a patient at a birth center and had a kind of half and half experience because I wanted to give birth there. But whenever I called about my miscarriage, it was kind of like, well, there's nothing we can do. Yeah. And it's not helpful. Yeah. I mean, I know that it's true that there's nothing they can do, but a little bit of sympathy goes a really long way in situations like this. That's great advice. Um, and I think that people need to hear that because they think that nobody wants to hear about their miscarriages. And while nobody wants to hear about miscarriage, you know, they want to be there for people that they love and people that they care about. So I think that's really helpful. How long ago was that? Was that a fairly recent? Yeah, it was February of this year so like a month yeah. ago yeah oh, I'm so sorry that's so recent how are yeah. you doing today like where are you today in the grieving process or so I actually just found out a couple of days ago that I'm pregnant again no way <laughs> and that is very scary but also kind of terrifying <laughs> um yeah because I don't want something bad to happen again <laughs> No, don't be sorry. Thank you for sharing that with us. By the time this comes out, you know, um, <laughs> you'll be further along <laughs> and I hope that we have an update, yeah. but you know, pregnancy after loss is something that I feel like we aren't prepared for because we kind of feel bad that we aren't 100% excited. And it's literally like 60% fear, 40% excitement, at least in my experience. And it's hard to navigate that. Yeah. And I do feel, have you called your doctor about it already? Yeah. I told, I called the second midwife that I saw not at the birth center. Um, but one that I saw that I really liked, I like messaged her on the chart thing. And I was like, Hey, I just got a positive pregnancy test. And she was like, well, we can have you come in for blood draws if you want, or we can just schedule your first, um, ultrasound. What do you want to do? So I really like that. She like left it in my court. Like, what do you want to do? What would make you feel good? Um, so that's, and I feel so much better this time around because my lines are getting darker. I've been testing every day, which I know makes me feel <laughs> psycho, but it doesn't not here. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I know I have a lot of friends that have gone through similar things and they say, no, you're not a psycho. It's just what makes you feel better. Um, exactly. So, so much better this time around that things look like they're going in the right direction. Um, but there's still kind of that fear of like, what if it happens? Yeah. Well, you know, whenever I talk to people who are trying to conceive after loss or if they are pregnant after loss, you know, we always talk about the, what if this happens again? And I think that that's the thing that really sucks about pregnancy after loss is that you even have to prepare yourself for the possibility of another miscarriage because you know what that looks like. And yeah. I think in your case, you mentioned that, you know, the physical aspect of your loss hurt so much because of the emotional and it was so quick, I think with what they refer to as quote unquote chemical pregnancies, which is when you can't get in soon enough to get the blood work. And it's really confusing. I don't yeah. think there's closure. Like it's, it all happens so fast that you can't get into the mindset of I'm pregnant and now I'm no longer pregnant. And that adds so much to the grief. I think it's, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Cause I kind of had one day of like, yay, I think I'm pregnant, but I like, I could feel deep down, I think that something was wrong. Like, you know how intuition is incredible. I think deep down, I knew that 
it wasn't going to turn out okay. Um, so I kind of had one day where I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm pregnant. And then the next day I was like, mm, I don't know about this. And then by the yeah. fourth day and the fifth day, I was obviously more sure that things weren't. Yeah, it was like really quick and really short and I don't know. Just kind of felt like a train hit and then ran. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to put it. Um, I've never experienced the the fast like excitement and grief, but I empathize so much with women who experience it because I can't imagine whenever you're waiting for the positive and then you watch it fade. And so I think it's great that you did keep testing with this pregnancy because that's a trigger for you is to see the line get faint and you were able to watch it get darker, which is really reassuring and it's really positive. So I think if that helps you, then it can't be a bad thing. Yeah, I figure I have like probably 75 tests. Um, oh gosh. I figure I might as well burn through them because hopefully I'll go won't for be it. Soon, so there you go. Exactly. I'll, exactly. I'll probably only use, I'll probably only test for like another week or so um, and then pass them on to somebody else because, you know, in this stage of life, a lot of my friends are also trying. So yeah. Well, okay. and it's like, I think that the whole, you know, pee on a stick addict and the language like that can be kind of where it's like shaming you if you're um taking a lot of tests and it's your money you're spending on the test it's your time it's your urine who cares how often you test I think it's totally yeah. fine and honestly I'm here to validate that for you on Amazon, <laughs> so they're like it's like 15 dollars for 50 so oh yeah not like I'm buying the expensive tests it's not that expensive so I guess there's the environmental waste aspect but for my peace of mind, I feel like this is worth it. I feel like the biggest thing that was helpful for me was actually like telling people. So like the day after, cause I'm, me and my mom are very close. Um, so the day that I got the like little teeny tiny paint positive, I thought about telling her, but then decided against it. But the day that I started bleeding, I told her. And I think that was really helpful to tell her. And then I told a couple of friends too, that are kind of going through similar journeys. They've had losses and been trying for a long time and things like that too. Um, so I think telling people really helped me because it wasn't just me like hiding in my grief and trying to like act normal when things weren't okay. Um, and so I know not everybody wants to talk about it, but I'm one of those people that has to talk through my feelings kind of. Um, so it was really helpful to have a few people that I knew I could talk to. Um, and that had been through similar things. Um. So that was my conversation with Alexis. I do want to add a little update um, because I did record this a few months ago. Um, it is currently June 28th as I am giving this update. And I heard from Alexis a little over a month ago. And she had a great first ultrasound. Her pregnancy is going great. She announced on social media her rainbow baby is healthy and doing great and we cannot be more excited for her. Um, I wasn't able to record an update with her in time but I did want to let everybody know that little rainbow baby M is doing great and you can follow her if you go to the show description. I put a link to her Instagram and you can show some love on her rainbow baby announcement. And before you X out of this podcast episode, I would absolutely love if you would give a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps people find the show. You can also send feedback to me by email at themiscarriagedoula at gmail.com. 
Thank you guys. See you Thursday.